0: what's up guys all you little mfers out there guess who it is it's andy the mf ceo and i'm here with my good friends ben newman what's up what's going on andy i'm here with vaughn I'm fired up on the pastor. I'm fired up. He's Oh, you didn't say (laughs) ex-pastor this time. I didn't say ex-pastor,
1: you know, because I don't want to I don't want people to think that I'm ashamed of it because I'm not. But, you know, I've been working on that uh, Bible verse rap. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not ready. I'm I'm, I'm not ready for it yet. But
0: and welcome back. We have a special guest today, Teresa DiPasquale, CEO of Bikini Boss Fitness. What's up? What's up, guys? She is a fitness entrepreneur and a new author. Yeah. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Um, Tell people the name of your book that's coming out.
2: Um, Book will be out this spring. It's called Boss to Bikini, and it's a program that's getting the world's busiest women in ridiculous shape, and we'll probably have a pre-sale here in the next couple of months.
0: Yeah. Cool. That's awesome, man. Uh, So a lot of times we have the question they picked out today. We we do not. So I'm going to start out the question of the day. What the fuck is wrong with people who come on your Facebook page and just seem to, like, write the opposite shit of whatever it is that you post about. Like, none of you guys at this table are these kind of people, right? No.
2: Obviously. No.
0: Like, do we not just scroll? Like, why don't you just scroll through? Like, when I see something that's ridiculous, I just fucking scroll through. Or unfollow. Or, yeah, or whatever. What is it? What, why do people feel the need to express themselves negatively?
3: I, I believe that it makes them feel better about the fact that they are doing nothing to move the ball forward with what goals they, they could have or should have, or would have in their lives. It's a yep. way to take up time because they're not doing anything.
0: I, I, I can't relate to the mentality yeah. at all. Yeah. I mean, Vaughn, what do you think the reason is? I don't know. I, I always say people have the right to disagree with
1: me. It's the same as their right to be wrong. Okay. You know, because if they But disagree. there's a big
0: difference between disagreeing and just being an ass. An ass. No, like, no, no. Ass. I hear what you're saying. I mean, yeah, I don't know. And I mean, I'm talking about being an ass. You're saying yeah.
3: intentionally disrespectful to the point you're trying to make. Yes,
0: exactly. Yeah. I see this going on more and more and more in society. I see like, you know, people just you know the word is trolling, and I'm yeah. like
2: anonymity. It's internet tough guy.
0: Yeah, I mean, because mm-hmm. like when you grow up and like a you know you're, you know, in real life, it's just funny because in real life, you know, these things people would never do this to each other. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's it's this it's this ability for somebody to like pick on other people. And dude, I always see people picking on people that like are on that borderline of like. Being fragile, you know what I mean? Right. Like, you know, people who are of social media and have a big following. Teresa, you have a big following. I've got a pretty big following. Uh, ben, you're getting a big following. I mean, we're used to that shit, right? Right. But let's say you got somebody who's on the borderline and they're stepping out of their comfort zone, and you get somebody who's just decides to be a fucking ass, and and that person just quits. You know, that person mm-hmm. says, "Man, I don't want to do this." Like they're in that fragile state that we've all been through, and. It's just something that gets on my fucking nerves, man. Yeah, I
1: think I misunderstood your question because I think, like the, because I, think
0: I, I yeah I think when you, when you said that I thought you were
1: just talking about healthy debate. You're talking about people nah, who are people trolling, just being just cocksuckers. Obnoxious. Okay, people yeah, don't yeah. know exactly
3: what they're doing. Yeah, right. I got you. In I other
1: mean, words, dude. in other words, they don't want to engage you; they just want to shoot you down. Yeah, and okay. and
0: like I, it, it doesn't bother me like when people say that shit to me. But what it does bother me is when I see them do it to people who are like just stepping out. Yeah. Like they're just coming out, trying to step out of that comfort zone. And then you get some fucker that just steps in and squashes it. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't understand what's wrong with people.
2: You know, it's funny. I actually have to coach my girls on that because, you know, part of what we do is marketing ourselves right, and developing right. your own brand online. And as you start coming to on social media, you obviously get all these types of people commenting and a lot of the girls get like totally down on themselves and embarrassed. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You got to have a thick skin. Yeah,
3: yeah.
0: because gotta, you, you gotta know what? Work. You know what it yeah. is, is like all of us. When that happens, we imagine that it's like somebody like us sitting there writing that comment. gosh, no. You you get what I'm saying, though? Yeah. We're like, why would somebody do that? I wouldn't do that, blah, blah, blah. But in reality, it's some fucking douchebag who, who's sitting at 39 years old in his mom's basement and hasn't fucking washed his underwear in seven weeks <laughs> typing some comment on the internet. Yeah. He's probably wearing, like, yeah. you know, some sort of fucking gamer headset. Mom, give me some meatloaf. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mom, where's yeah. the meatloaf? Yeah. I mean, dude, that's what it is, man. And, yeah. like, that's what you guys have to remember is that these people, when they try to step out and step on you, you know, that's what, that's what you have to remember who this is. You know, this is a dude sitting there so in, in his fucking boxers with dirty socks on, you know, and dirty <laughs> underwear, talking shit. Yeah. You know, because that's the most common comment I get on my Periscopes. If you're not following me on Periscope, follow me on Periscope. Andy Do you like Priscilla. Periscope? Dude, <laughs> I just broke into most love on Periscope like three days ago. That's awesome. Yeah, Are I, you told you before, that's I told you before. I told you last one? week's podcast I would get Atta there. Baby. Yeah, we got a, a. That's top 40 in the world. That's on Periscope. awesome. So that's it's very a, cool. That's an awesome app, man. I mean, it's, it's something that is going to change the way social media works because, dude, when you. Represent yourself on Instagram and Facebook, you could pre-manufacture this image. With Periscope, there's there's 100% transparency. You are what you are. You're a fucking live performer. Right. So if you can't do that, if you if you're fake, it's not for you. You know what I mean? And it's gonna be. A, I think it's gonna. You catch need a fire. teleprompter. It is. No, not for it's you. not, right. man. Obama would not be good on Periscope. <laughs> he would be fucking terrible. He would be. But
1: actually, in fairness to him, most of our Congress would be terrible. Dude. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But
0: that's what's gonna change the world about yeah. the app. Because people are going to expect, it's not like Twitter where you can have somebody manage it or or, right. or Facebook where you have some management. It. It's you
3: fucking talking to people and them talking to you.
0: Mm-hmm. It's awesome. That's why it. you
3: haven't seen it flooded with more people who are actively doing Periscopes because you have to have a natural talent to communicate to right. be able to put together right. a Periscope. It's a really
0: cool app, man. Mm-hmm. I follow awesome. some cool people yeah. and have learned a lot myself on it. Most of my comments, because I always have Q&A on there, Um Most of my comments are are comments of this nature, which is why I chose it for question of the day. They're like, well, how do you get around people talking shit? Or how do you get around this? Or how do you get around that? And I just did a whole periscope on this today. You know, there's a big fucking difference between somebody hating and somebody criticizing. Okay. Hate is like straight up lies spread about you, slander, like shit and putting it out there for the public. All right. That's hate. Slashing your tires, that's hate. Setting your car on fire, that's fucking hate, okay? Somebody saying, hey, I don't like the way your shirt Your shirt should be blue instead of red. That's not hate. You know, somebody's saying, hey, I don't like the way your fucking protein tastes. That's not hate, all right? You guys have to di- differentiate what is hate because the reality is you don't get fucking hate unless you're doing something. And when you're just starting out, I'm not trying to be rude in the way I say this, but you have not done enough to, to really get hate, okay? So most of it's criticism, and you guys are labeling it ha- as hate, and the reality is, is you can use that information to improve your product, your service, or your brand if you just would remove the idea of this pussified thought that it's hate. It's not fucking hate. Hate is, you know, somebody shooting Martin Luther King. That's fucking hate, okay? Hate is somebody, you know, attacking somebody or shooting them or, you know, beating the shit out of them. You know, like that kid up in Wyoming a few years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, they killed him because he was gay. That's fucking hate. Right. All right. Hating is not saying you should make that shirt in fucking green and it looks stupid in blue.
2: You have bad form on your squat.
0: Yeah. You have bad form on your squats. You you know, <laughs> dude, no, don't be a right. pussy. Identify between fucking hate and criticism and use the criticism to improve.
3: It's interesting that you bring this up because I, I speak probably 80 to 90 times a year and maybe ten of the talks that i'll do you'll get a feedback form and i really don't pay that much attention it's nice when people say things that are nice but i look for the comments that give me an opportunity to grow i look for somebody says you know, this story or that, or when he communicated this way, and then I tried to improve from the feedback. I don't look at it as somebody trying to hate me, they don't like me. It's somebody taking the time to actually give you feedback so that you can get better. And there there there's one moment I remember it was a big Wells Fargo talk, about five hundred people, and there was this one individual he had this great piece of feedback. It totally shifted the way I started my talks, and it has helped me immensely in my and, speaking. And how
0: easy would it have you been like, Fuck that guy? He's just oh, hating on the way that, I do shit
3: I could have sent it back to the guy at Wells Fargo who hires me every year and said like what is wrong with this guy don't send that right, stuff to me right. but I wanted to grow But from dude it.
0: the hate, the word hater has become such an overused fucking term in our in our society and now everybody's using it as an excuse and dude I I for one am so sick of the term I can't stand it you know what I mean and mm-hmm. these you you guys you young bucks who are just starting out in business you guys have to realize that you are going to get criticized and you are going to do shit wrong but that doesn't mean people hate you. Those same people that might be criticizing you might just not be presenting to you the right way, and they might want you to succeed, and that's why they're telling you the shit they're telling you. You know what I mean? You have to remember criticism and hate is two different things. Unless they're you know, shooting you with a fucking handgun or setting your car on fire or spreading flat-out lies about you, harassing you, okay? And even if they're doing that, it means you're doing something right. You know what I mean? So quit using it as a fucking excuse because I'm tired of seeing it. Everybody I see on Instagram, I see 20 fucking memes a day about haters. Dude, you don't have any fucking haters. Uh Your only hater is in your own brain, and you're afraid of what people might fucking say about you if you step out and do something. That's it. Absolutely. And then when you
2: get fixated on the haters, you're not doing your own shit. No, exactly. you're focused on the wrong thing. And you're
0: imagining it anyway. You're saying, oh, I have this idea, and I want to step out, and I want to do this, but people might say this, and they might say that, and they might say this, oh, you know what, I'm not going to do that. And that's what fucking... That's what people call haters. When in reality, it's you talking yourself out of doing something that's going to benefit you. It's it's craziness. It's insane. So, so, you know, Su- Susan Powder or whatever the fuck that lady's name was. Stop the insanity. You know what I'm saying? Remember that lady? Yeah. Dude, not that her name? Susan yeah, Powder? Yeah. The, yeah. the,
1: the, the platinum, not the platinum, but the pewter-headed spike. Yeah, 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 dude. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, dude,
0: you know yeah. what? She was all about helping overweight people get in shape. Yeah. And, dude, she branded herself, but she was awesome, dude. Stop the insanity. Yeah. Stop the fucking hater insanity. It's ridiculous. You know? Do it because you need to improve. Don't do it because, you know... Don't not do it because you're imagining shit that doesn't even exist. That, that seriously makes no sense to me. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So unless somebody's slashing your tires, I don't want to fucking hear about it. Absolutely. You know? So, question of the day, answered. <laughs> now what are we really going to talk about? What are we talking about today, Vaughn?
1: Well, we're going to step out here a little bit because the topic's a little out there. But in the last two weeks, I've heard a lot of people complain about how common it is to have really lousy meetings at work, like literally, you know, they make jokes about it. They talk about how much it sucks. They want to like slit Dude. their throats. Dude. And so I know that yeah. you have a unique approach I do. to, uh, to ho- holding meetings. So we were going to talk a little bit about, you know, we've, you know, we talked about the other day, just the, the, the podcast is a little bit of a mixture of success and motivation and that sort of stuff. But we also like to be very, very practical. So right. I thought this was a really practical Absolutely. Yeah.
0: We get a lot of requests from guys, you know, wanting motivation and we get a lot of people wanting more practical uh, type information that they can use to improve. This is going to be both. Okay. Mm -hmm. Today, you're going to walk away with something. If you're a manager, if you're a person who has to call a meeting of any sort, you are going to be better off for listening to this podcast because we're going to cover some serious ground. I'm going to talk about how I learn these things and how they improve my company. All right. So we're just going to dive right into it, guys. The number one thing that you need to understand about meetings is this. You need to approach every meeting like it's a huge timeout and the biggest game of your life, okay? Not a fucking never-ending, time-sucker, time-waster, boring situation of, uh, you know, hey, guys, let's have a meeting today. Um, That would be great. And What does everybody think about this? Hey, let's have some donuts, too, and some orange juice. That's what fucking people think meetings are about, you know? I deal with companies all the time, And all they want to do is fucking meet, 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 meet. But here's the reality. That doesn't get shit done and it doesn't move you forward. It's a time suck. It's a waste suck. It ruins your culture because it disenfranchises your people with your leadership. All right? So you've got to understand a few points right up front. What does a big coach do when he takes a timeout in a big game? All right? What does he do? All right? He settles down the players and refocuses the players. That's Mm -hmm. step number one. Okay. Step number two, he makes adjustments and sets up the next couple plays. All right, that's step number two. Step number three, he only talks about what's vitally important to the situation that is at hand. He doesn't talk about the weather. He doesn't talk about you know what book you read. He doesn't talk about you know how your family is. He doesn't talk about uh, what you had for dinner. He talks about what we're trying to solve. What problem are we trying to solve right now? Okay, let's stay focused on that. And the fourth point is is that you've got to get people back in the game quickly. If you take them out of their game, they're out working, they're out in the zone, you disrupt them to have a fucking meeting. You bring them in, they lose their focus because they've been sitting there talking to you because you're grandstanding for seven hours. And no matter how great you think you are, nobody wants to hear you talk. All right, Nobody cares about uh, what the fucking long johns. And if you've got a culture that cares about the long johns and the fucking bear claws that you bring in the meeting, you better redefine your fucking culture right now. OK, mm-hmm. so those are the four key points. All right. Settle and refocus the players. Make adjustments to set up the next couple plays. Only talk about what's vitally important and get people back in the game quickly. What does that mean? That means get them in the fucking meeting, and get them out here in our company. We have a 10 minute meeting rule. We do not have a meeting in this company that lasts longer than 10 minutes. There is not one meeting on earth that should last longer than 10 minutes. Get to the point. Make the points. Get the fuck back in the game. Okay.
1: Why do you think people have such a hard time trimming the fat off their meetings?
0: Dude, it's corporate culture, man. It's been bred into our system for years and years and years and years. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's the you know, a lot of managers like to manage, okay? They like to like "quote" unquote, be in business or be a manager. Feel when important? You're, yeah, exactly. It makes it feeds their ego, right? Mm-hmm. I'm important. Right. And listen to me talk. Right. And that's and and we've all been there. I've been in a million of these Dude, I've held these meetings. You know how I know I'm not sitting here saying I'm, I'm not sitting here saying, this is how you should do it. I'm sitting here saying, I've fucking done it the opposite way, and it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You're going to ruin your momentum, mm-hmm. all right? I have learned this through experience, and uh, lots of other people out there have done the same. I've held years and years and years of pointless meetings. Years.
1: The- do you think that's because there is a mentality out there that thinks well, we're business, I guess we have to have meetings. So they just have this standing meeting every week or every day at a particular time, and they're like, I guess I have to come up with things to say because we're a
3: business, we got to meet. My, my experience has been is that there's a huge difference between a manager and a leader. A leader does not want to be in a meeting for an hour. A leader wants to get Andy in front of them. let's figure out what's going on, here's the point, here's a little bit of fire, here's a solution to the problem, go. And let's go kick ass. Whereas a manager right. wants to be able to have eight One-hour meetings, take a little break, maybe grab a little food so at the end of the day he can report back to the CEO, what a busy day I had. I had eight one-hour meetings, and that's more managers
0: than leaders. And if you listen to the podcast, you know that being busy is not the point. Being effective is the point. How many of you all listening right now would rather sit in a 10-minute meeting than a one-hour meeting? Show your hands. All right. I, I know everybody's raising their motherfucking hands right now saying Yes. But how many people go to a meeting and have to like go through these slides and go through this stuff and go through this, this, usually people who are holding these kind of meetings are boring. You know, I've never been in a meeting with somebody who holds it for an hour. That's been exciting. You know, let's face it. Most people aren't good at keeping people's attention for that long. Even if you have tons of energy and tons of charisma, it's still going to be hard to hold people's attention that long. You know, we do 10 minutes. It doesn't mean you have to do 10 minutes. That's what works for us. But just. Do the points that we're talking about? Well,
1: I think the other point to make too that is a good one is that we're talking about the meetings that you regularly have to have. They're obviously going to be yes. every six months, every couple years, a meeting where it's going to be more of an intense planning session. Yes. But but yes, on a regular basis, you're but, talking about don't keep a, keep people in the boardroom for two to three from hours. back
2: before there was like easy communication like there is now. Because yeah. now like you can communicate most of the stuff you need through email or text, whatever yeah. you need to do. That's and the meetings are literally. Need to be very like for me, it's trainings. Right. If I have to train them on something, it's like come in, boom, get them out. See, I'm online, so I've I have to be efficient, right? Because I can't get people in one spot often, right? So it's taught me to be very efficient, right? But it's like you can do most of what you need through communication, and literally like I don't even really right. have at meetings. this
0: point, it's almost like a recap, it's, like dude, all right, everybody knows the thing we're gonna do. This is how you do right. it. If you don't know, now get the fuck out and let's exactly. go do it. You know, and it should be more like a go to battle meeting than it is a fucking business meeting, in my opinion. You know. But that goes back to the culture that we talked about, how you build culture. you know. Right. Um, I feel like at the bottom line, man, is this. And, and people could improve their culture tremendously by following the key points that we just talked about. Too many bosses out there are holding two to three-hour meetings. You know, That's all time that you guys could be using to go out and get shit done. For you to hold a good meeting when at all possible, it needs to be done quickly. It needs to be done efficiently. It needs to be done effectively. And you need to be running out of the room ready to kill shit. That's the bottom line. You know, people need to trim the fucking fat, get to the point, and get your guys back in the game so that you guys can win, okay? This isn't about who's the coolest guy in the office or what we ate for dinner. Nobody gives a fuck. We all want to win. We're all in the business to win, and guess what? We all want to make more money, and the way we make more money, the way we succeed is by going out and fucking winning. And every minute you spend talking about the fucking donuts or whatever else, you know, the coffee, oh, and this coffee sucks, <laughs> every minute you talk about that, you are wasting time that you could be using to win. You know, and people get away from that. That's corporate America, man. People spend so much time trying to justify their existence and their payroll. I spent 17 hours this week in meetings with the team. Oh, really? Well, I spent seven fucking minutes and they're more effective than your 17 hours. Now, who commands more payroll? You see hmm. what I'm saying? Hmm. I mean, dude, I, I for one, I mean, that you guys know, all you guys know, you know, I run things pretty casually here, okay? And, uh, you know, I wear the same clothes every day. You know, I, I buy my shorts at Gander Mountains. I might show up in flip-flops. You know, this is the, rea- the reality of business is not the suit you wear or the car you drive or the role you play in business. It's about getting things done. You know, excuse me. It's about getting shit done. This is the MFCO practice. I gotta correct myself. <laughs> I'm rubbing off on right. you, man. Yeah. Gosh, Vaughn. Vaughn. Vaughn is just making me a non-cursing MFR. Vaughn, well, you're going to ruin the podcast I know, <laughs> I know So, you know, that that's my first point You know, um, and that leads me in a point number two Which is the point of your meeting should be very clear Okay, if your points If you need to cover more than one point per agenda Fine, but keep the points to a bare minimum Okay, don't overload people with things that they need to do I mean, Ben, how many times you're, You spent a lot of time in corporate America Yeah Okay how how That's much where my comments came from? Yeah. How much time? I mean, honestly, how much time is wasted in corporate America via what we're talking about?
3: It's it's it makes me sick to my stomach even thinking about how many hours I spent in meetings that I had no business being in because as a high performer, I wanted to be performing. I did not want to be stuck in a meeting having somebody hold me back. Right. I cannot. I cannot take action when I am required to be sitting in a room listening to information that really does not have any benefit to me other than the 10 minutes I could pull out to your point that actually did have the benefit and the meeting should have been 10 minutes.
0: Right. And it doesn't matter guys, you guys might be listening to this. Okay. And I'm, I'm, you might be a new business owner with only one employee. These rules apply to that. Okay. You don't have to be a hundred employees deep or 20 people or five people. It could be you and one other person. We still need to stay focused because the reason if we don't stay focused is that people get information overload, okay? You flood them with tons and tons and tons of points. You know, you come to a meeting with, a, with, with enough points that are, are the same as the amount of pens in a fucking pen box. You know, you're, you're going to
3: overload this person with information, and they're not going to know what to do when they leave. I'll give you guys a good perspective for the small business. So for our business, we have two full-time employees. It doesn't take a huge team. And then we have subcontractors we work with. But Kim, who is basically the, the right hand of the operation, my partner, she's unbelievable. been with me she over is. five years. Yeah, she, awesome. she is incredible. We have a five-minute meeting every morning. I wake up. I have a to-do list. I send her an email. I call her after I drop off the kids at school if I'm in town. And I say, Kim, any questions, any thoughts? Hey, I want to run a couple things by you, run them by me. It is five minutes. I could easily on my calendar go, Kim, let's have our 30-minute powwow. Let's start the day. Let's go it, have breakfast and have a immediate yeah, breakfast. And it's, f- it's five minutes, and she and I are so dialed in. She can speak like me. I can speak like her. I don't need more than five minutes. Call me later in the day if you need something. We'll talk another five minutes. Right. It's five minutes, and that's a small business perspective. Right. And it works. It does work. You know, and, and so many employees
0: become literally like there's a funny scene i was just watching this uh, movie last night actually the need for speed everybody knows i love cars okay need for speed is a car movie there's a point in the movie where one of the guys who's like the main car guy gets um he gets called up by his buddies to go race across the country and he's in corporate america so he's like sitting in a cubicle typing on his computer like looks completely miserable and they call him and they're like dude come on let's go we're gonna go for a ride and if you've seen the movie you know the part i'm talking about so, this dude, like, this guy's like, no, I'm not doing it. You guys ruin everything I have. And they're like, oh, well, listen to the noise. And you he hears the car rev outside. And dude, he like freaks out. And then he like starts taking off all his clothes and walks out butt naked of the office. And it's hilarious. But there's one part that is really the truth. Okay. He gets in the elevator with a lady who's like in her, I don't know, probably mid 60s. He's butt naked. All right. She looks at him and like, look and doesn't even notice that he's naked. And she goes, I'm an accounting. And he goes, you feel like you're. Di- Do you feel like you're dying inside every day? And she goes, "Yes, that's what a fucking long meeting does to your employees. The, mm-hmm. A long meeting of you huffing and puffing about stupid shit makes people want to fucking kill themselves.
2: Dive out of the windows." Mm-hmm. Okay,
0: it's like the little emoji with the straight face yeah. and then the revolver that people send. Like, dude, you know what I'm saying? Like, like a bunch it, of emojis. If in the you table. if you're running a meeting, and and you're longer than ten minutes, and your points are are, are numerous and all this shit. You should envision every single person in that meeting with the straight mouth emoji because that's what they're thinking. (laughs) If they're all texting each other, they're sending each other that emoji.
1: All right. My brother told me the other day that he was in a meeting that was like a, an hour and a half long and he was watching Can't Buy Me Love on his phone. You know, that old, That's what I'm saying. That That's old 1980s movie, Can't Waste. Buy Me Love. Yeah. Yeah. But see, people, and the so.
3: person leading the meeting thinks that they are dead. <laughs> oh, <on play, laughs> they're killing it. <laughs> driving it. Home. Yeah. They are just knocking the cover off the ball. Dude, if you
0: don't have people coming up to your meeting after the meeting and be like, dude, that was a great meeting. Yeah. Then you're doing it totally. wrong. Yeah. Totally. Okay. Yeah. So that. Guys, and this is not just us bullshitting here, okay? There are studies out there that say the human brain can only process so much information at once. Three points is the usual amount of information that people can walk away with. Five to seven is pushing it, and beyond that, it's a total waste of time. So any time that you put in past, you know, we're getting this, this, this done is a waste anyway. It's scientifically proven. I don't have the study to cite here right now but but I, we could find it. Mm-hmm. The reality is, is guys, you can't overload your people. You're going to kill their drive, you're going to kill their motivation, you'll kill their momentum and and they'll hate you. You know, they'll make fun of you when you walk by and it's not like they make fun of you like in a good way like, "Hey motherfucker, what's up?" It's like, "Dude, that, that guy walks by and they're like, "God, I hate that guy." <laughs> you know, and then they laugh about you with beers, you know? Don't be that guy. Give them give them a fucking kick in the ass, get him on track and let's go out and win. You know, um, if you you go into a meeting without clearly knowing what point it is you want to make or or what you're trying to accomplish, your team members are going to be even more confused and more frustrated than they were being completely disorganized because you just wasted their time, their energy, and their focus to talk about shit is irrelevant to them. You know, you guys have to stay focused. You've got to stay on a three-point minimum, you know, five-point maximum. Mm -hmm. You know, I wouldn't even say three-point minimum. I'd say it could be one point. It could be two points, but let's say five point maximum. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, the thought I had was I think a lot of managers, and I think they are managers, Ben, you're right that they're not leaders. I think managers think, well, if I spend all this time with them, then in some strange way they're going to think, well, okay, I care about them. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm present to them, but rea- the reality is, is it's exactly the opposite. They're devaluing their employees' mm-hmm. time by wasting it.
0: Well, it's like when somebody calls you all the time, okay? It's, it's just that weird human psychology about being in demand, you mm-hmm. know? If you want people to listen to what you say, don't be available all the time. Come in, kick ass, get the fuck out. And then you're going to have your employees pay attention to everything Absolutely. you say because they're going to trust that you're not going to waste their time. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they already know, like, when Vaughn comes in in the meeting and he's got something to say, they're going to listen. They're not gonna, you're not going to have that problem of people looking around the room and playing on their phones and all this shit because they're going to say, all right, he's not going to waste my time. He's only going to be on for five minutes, ten minutes at a time. I'm going to walk out of here with something useful. I'm going to pay attention. And now you have, a, you, you have a good culture of learning as opposed to, um, you know, just this going through the motion type thing because you're respecting their time. Right. Okay, so maybe you're going to get to this, but I'm going to hold your
1: feet to the fire a little bit. So you talked about trimming the fat from your agenda and you talked about only including that which is the most necessary. Well, suppose you're coaching a manager or a CEO or whatever, and they have have an agenda in front of you and they say, okay, Andy, this is the agenda that I had planned for the meeting that I was going to run. And you see that it's full of all sorts of crap that shouldn't be on there. What are the questions that you're going to ask him or what are the little guidelines that you're going to give him that's going to help him to trim the fat right, right, on right, agenda. Right. You know okay, what I'm saying? Okay,
0: so I'm coaching somebody who's giving a meeting. Right, exactly. Right. So that's a great question and a great point. It's a, and it's a different perspective than what we're talking about here. All right, you're coaching a, manager who man, a direct report who manages people for you. Okay, first thing you've got to ask is, is there a point on the agenda that only applies to some people? Because a lot of people like to do this. They like to cover a point they think that that's an efficient way to handle business. And they think like, okay, I've got two guys that are screwing up out of 20. I'm going to cover their screw up in front of everybody. First of all, you know, that's a waste of time because if you've got 18 people doing it right and you've got two people doing it wrong, you're putting those 18 people through time that they don't need to be there. It's not efficient. It's not effective. Number two, while you think you're covering something that needs to be covered with everybody, those 18 people are thinking, dude, I've got this shit, okay? Okay. So they're, they're going to become disenfranchised. They're going to lose your, tr- the trust in you to deliver a quality message. So you've got to cut that out right away. Um, the second question would be, <clears throat> you know, is there a point that I could just include in an email, a short email, a short message? And, and the likelihood is there's probably a couple points. Mm-hmm. So you could just summarize the, those points in an email, take those, make a short email, send them out as a supplement to the meeting, something like this. Hey guys, I know we just had this meeting. It was really good. Thank you for paying attention. Um, Two things I wanted to mention, but I didn't want to take up a lot of your time, is boom, 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 mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's real easy to do. Can I ask a quick follow-up sure. question? So, you've got to basically
1: build a culture where people understand they're going to be held accountable for reading that email. Oh yes. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So otherwise, it doesn't work. Yeah. But yeah,
2: I make them all respond. I do too. I have a okay. they have I have a policy when I send any kind of an email, I put in the thing, please respond. Right. And they need to respond to let me know that they read it. Right.
0: And, and we do the same. We just have received and understood. Mm-hmm. So all you have to all they have to do. Is received and understood, and if they don't send that back, they get a, they get a call or we come up and see them and say, "Hey, did you get that email?" Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And everybody here is, is is trained in that fashion, so mm-hmm. it's a good idea because it keeps you know everybody. It's not like to like guys. This is not like something you know where you're bringing down the hammer on somebody. It's sometimes people don't get emails, so you need to make sure that they're getting they got it right. You mm-hmm. know, especially when you're sending out important important messages. You know, um, so definitely you know make sure that you're that your following up and that they're responding Mm -hmm. a that's a good point um you know another question is is there an explanation of a point that i could just put down on a handout or tell people to read on their own time do that you know a lot of companies have just simple things that they hand out you know like a newsletter or this or that or a summary you know every week that's better than somebody spending five hours of your day and we're talking about options here you don't have to Mm -hmm. use all of them you don't have to put in all of them we're talking about different ways you can get this information out right what what
1: strikes me about what you're saying is that you're treating your your employers like they're adults you're not you're not <laughs> holding their
0: hands yeah you shouldn't people right. hate that <laughs> right do you not hate that yeah absolutely but i'm i mean i'm stating the obvious don't you want to just go out and do your job isn't exactly. that what you wanted
3: to do when you worked absolutely One thing that you just said, which I think is a really great point. If people pay attention to the podcast, Andy reads a book a week. Andy reading a book a week makes Andy a very sharp leader. He's on his game. Andy doesn't need to come onto the podcast and read the book out loud to all of you. But if you really want to get to the next level, if Andy mentions the book, are you willing to go read the book? That's the point. Andy doesn't need to print out 25 and, and, pages of the using, book and read it if he says it's a good book and it helps for these three points
0: read the book right and he's using Andy as a term for like you you right. know he's not talking specifically about right, me. Right. you know it, it, he's saying a leader that's how you should be handling it you know what I mean Right, unless you just want to come over and give me right. kids. <laughs> no, you know I, what? my point. Is, I, I'm
3: thinking in my mind some of the greatest leaders I've had. They are read up. They're reading the Wall Street Journal. They're reading books. They are and staying they say, on they top say, of their this game. is what
0: I do exactly. And you should emulate, emulate that exactly. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, the guy above you is going to want you to emulate those things because it, first of all, it's a, it's very it's a, it's a humbling, respectful thing to do for you to look up and say, "Man, I want to be where that guy is." and when that guy has put in all this work and he says this is where I got this is how I got here and he sees you doing the same dude you are like 5 million times ahead of everybody else because he sees mm-hmm. himself in you while they, we're on the subject
1: the- of books real quick for those of you who keep emailing asking for your magic of thinking big book i want to just say two things number 1 andy is very generously giving out 700 copies of that book unfortunately andy only has one co-host who is handling this. So those those books are going out. Just just be patient. We're, yeah. we're getting them shipped in. And uh, we haven't forgotten about you. However. Uh, and
0: I, I already covered this yesterday okay, on Periscope. Good. Well, like, dude, glad. if you didn't send a fucking yeah. address in yeah. and follow directions, you're not getting a book. Okay. So you did. I didn't yes. know that you covered no, that. So people, yeah. So that be patient, guys. We're going to teach everybody a lesson. You yeah. follow directions, you, you, you get the result. Right. If you don't follow directions,
1: tough shit. Right. But either way, they're going out. So be patient.
0: The bottom line is this on the meeting stuff, right? You've got to be ruthless in how much you trim the fat. You can't you can't look at – and this is hard for people who are, like, engaged and stuck in corporate America culture because this is, like, the opposite of what they're used to doing. So they see every little point. It's like, well, I don't know. You know, there's two people in that room that could benefit from that. and no, Cut that out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Andy,
2: you know what I wanted to touch on is the other day I heard you – I think it was Periscope or something. You were talking about how you have, like, your top five actionable items every day that you have to get done. Yeah. And so that's when I'm making an agenda, that's what I always go by is what is the most important top three things that I need to talk about to move my business forward? Right. And I just leave everything else off. Right. Because it's just like you're saying, like, if you start talking about too much, it just waters everything else down. Yeah. And that's kind of how I always gauge my agendas. Right.
0: What, five points?
2: Three. I I try to stick with three. Yeah. Important, whatever I'm trying to cover for that meeting.
0: Yeah, because people, I mean, it's the truth, guys. They just get overwhelmed. And Mm -hmm. if you give people, dude, it's the paradox of choice, right? There's a study called the paradox of choice which means if you give people too many options, guess what they choose? Nothing, Nothing. Mm-hmm. okay? So if you give people 17 points, guess which ones they're going to remember? <laughs> they're going to remember the fucking Long Johns. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's not what you want them to remember. We're running a business. We're running a company. We're here to win. We're here to do shit. Let's not worry about what orange juice we have or what, you know, people are like, it, it, like I'm just going to go off here for a second, okay? Just warning you. But the corporate America culture of like where we get our donuts and where we get our coffee and where we get this and we're gonna go have drinks and we're gonna do this and we're people are so wrapped up in like playing the role of what they see business to be that they never fucking get anywhere. And it's like disgusting to me. Like I go to meetings at other companies sometimes and they're like, oh, well, we can't start the meeting until the donuts are here. Motherfucker, I'm not here for the fucking donuts. I don't give a shit about the donuts. I don't care about the fucking breakfast burritos. I don't give a shit about that. You know what I care about? How can we move forward? And guess what? That's what your employees care about. if they don't care about that, you've got the wrong fucking culture going for your company. And and I did not say you had the wrong employees. I said you had the wrong culture. Okay? Because the culture is instilled by you. Hmm. Okay? If you've got people worrying about the orange juice or the kind of bottled water they have, or the icing on the long john is it's perfectly straight. Dude, you have the wrong culture. People are worried about the wrong shit. And guess whose fault that is. That's not their fault. That's your fault. You know, mm-hmm. and it's time to change it. The corporate America thing, it, <clears throat> it's done. You know, and so many people I see, they try to run their business in that manner because they think that's what business is supposed to be. I don't know if they like see movies it's and shit. been done that way. You know what I'm saying? Like they see movies, they see TV shows, and they see people doing this. Yeah, and you know... I don't know It just disgusts me hmm. I couldn't survive In that environment Which is probably why I own my Hence, own business Right Yeah I mean could you see why me you In here? a fucking office like
2: that Oh my god Dude
0: <laughs> Talk about like Going crazy man Like I would go Fucking crazy mm-hmm. You know Ben what kind of donuts You bring next time Yeah Long John's Yeah <laughs> Well, let's be real, dude. Is there a better donut than a long John? I have never
2: heard of that for the record. I'm, I thought you were talking about underwear. I'm sitting here. You don't know like, what a oh fucking long John <laughs> is? i never heard of a long John. Of course, the I'm fitness like, CEO. Sitting here. I'm like, what's a long John? We've got Are two fitness company underwear? CEOs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> one of them's in perfect shape, and the other one knows what long John is. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Tyler, you're in good shape, but I know you know what long John is. <laughs> Dude. Is that like a Midwest thing? Cuz I'm no, like No, dude, you don't know what a long john is? <laughs> Wait, you think
1: they're better than bear Is that class? like a long oh, yeah. donut? Like oh. a no, it's like donut? the
0: long ones with icing on them. I've never heard of dude, that. Dude, pull no. up a picture of a fucking long john. So That's we have hilarious. a rule here at the podcast where there's no computers, no phones allowed. But I'm <laughs> breaking a long john. So I'm breaking the rule right now because <laughs> right. it's unbelievable to me that you don't know what a long john is. Yeah. I am not Do they good call good them fan. different things in different parts of the now country?
2: Now, if we're talking about kettle chips, I know every brand and flavor are good too. That
0: is my Kettle chips are the shit. Donuts not so
2: much.
1: Yeah. Now
0: person. the question I want to you know is call if a anybody long
3: donut with icing on it,
0: you, the ones that look well, like a long john apparently. No, they look. You know what an eclair is?
2: I don't eat donuts, so I, is it an eclair? Yeah. But it, it's not killing. an eclair a jelly donut. I don't know what's that donut right
0: there. We're showing our picture of it. What do you guys call? Oh, is that?
2: that a long? I don't know. I've never called them anything. I don't know. You just,
0: so is if that you go, eclair? <laughs> that's,
2: that's an eclair. If you go,
0: if you go to the donut shop and say I want, do you just say I want that one? I never go to the donut. I swear to God, when I was in high school, you know
2: what I used to eat. Krispy Kremes. That's the only ones that gla- right. I only glaze. Well, they have long said. johns. I only yeah. glaze. Yeah. I'm a simple girl. So
0: what would you call that thing? A donut. No, that's a long, <laughs> that's a long <laughs> See, I am
2: informed now. Listen,
0: you learn something new every day here. <laughs> all right. That's the goal.
2: <laughs> I'm totally informed. Now I have to go try one.
3: You do. You think so?
2: Happy Raspberry
3: fill. What's your favorite donut? Vincent Van Donut, the glazed with white icing. It's yeah. un- unbelievable, dude. I like strange donuts glazed here. In with ice. Yeah, strange donuts, strange
0: donuts. Have you had them yet? Uh yeah. uh uh-uh. Holy shit, dude. Yeah. 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 No, dude. I, listen, those guys like they Is that a they, chain? they they're no, they're a local shop, but hmm. they're they're they're, lo- they're hitting it big, man. These they've guys, got a couple of stores they got, though, right? Yeah, they've got yeah, crazy yeah. donuts, dude. Like shit that you would think like oh that doesn't sound very good, but then it's awesome. Like they, just a cool little business. They made friends with our guys at Brentwood S2 at the local store here, and then they bring them in here. Yeah, I'm getting hungry. Yeah. And dude, I mean, I'm not a donut yeah. guy, but those guys got it down.
1: I, have you, know? you ever gone to Canada and had Tim Hortons? No. Uh, have you been Tim
3: Hortons? Uh, yeah, I've been, been. I've not had their donuts. Oh either. man.
0: Did you see the one I posted from
2: uh, Brooklyn with the donut with the ice cream?
0: Oh yeah. I dumb. thought you didn't like donuts, liar.
2: It's a glazed donut. I go glazed. Yeah. I'm simple.
0: <laughs> she's on here. She's on here being inauthentic. One of That's the rules, a donut. <laughs> One of the rules of the MFCEO project is to be authentic. She's on here telling fucking lies. <laughs> I don't like donuts unless they have ice cream. Then I like <laughs> know what they are.
2: Always glazed, though. I said right. I'm simple. I only eat glazed donuts. I if uh, uh, if
1: anybody out there has a has a startup for donuts and you think they're really good, send us some. <laughs> we'll we'll test them. And send me some gluten free ones, <laughs> dude.
0: We got to support the I local guys. The yeah, strange right. donut yeah. guys, man. Those guys are local. They're hard yeah, workers. Yeah, true. That's you know, true. I, we love those guys here.
1: Yeah, they're they're good. They're so. Good. So we're talking about donuts. What? Uh, yeah, anyway, let's get back <laughs> on track. All right. Hey, you know what? Actually, now would be a good time for me to do the boring stuff. All right, do the boring stuff. All right. So the boring stuff is check out the MFCEO.com forward slash P15 for episode show notes and links galore. We love it when you guys go to our website. We know that there's still not a lot of product up there, but there will be, so trust us very soon. So keep on going back. Uh, let's go do the uh, social media connections, starting with the lovely... Bikini Boss.
2: Oh, am I sharing my social? Yes. Yeah. It's uh, Bikini Boss Teresa is my Instagram, and my Facebook is Teresa Di Pasquale WBFF Pro.
0: Great, Andy. Um, I'm at Andy Forcell on Instagram, at Andy sell on Periscope, and MSEO Dash One on Snapchat.
3: Periscope, Instagram, Twitter at Continued Fight, and Ben Newman for everything else.
1: At Vaughn Kohler, V-A-U-G-H-N-K-O-H-L-E-R, for everything.
0: All right, guys, so before you finish with the uh, boring shit... I'm done. Okay, please, when you listen to the podcast, please leave us a review, okay? Mm-hmm. We're not charging for the podcast. We don't hawk shit on here. You know, um, we're, we're, we're asking for reviews. If you find the content valuable, leave a fucking review and say so because that's how we live and breathe and, and, and die mm-hmm. on iTunes, okay? Mm-hmm. So if you're listening and you think the podcast is, is great, leave us a review, Um, if you don't think it's good, uh, just forget that I said that don't leave us a review, but you know, while we're on that
1: topic, I just thought we don't have to do it today, but I thought in the future, I want to start giving more, uh, shout outs to some of our fans through social media. So, uh, we'll probably, if you post nice comments, uh, on our social media, uh, I've got one. Uh, yeah. Why don't you give somebody a shout I've got out? Got I got one here, one. man. Um, I'm gonna break um, the rule. You broke the rule. I can broke the, break yeah, the rule. Yeah, <laughs> look, dude. I've got <laughs> okay. people
0: coming on Periscope. Dude, leaving like <clears throat> ten thousand hearts on a Periscope project. That's awesome. I mean, crazy shit. And uh, you know, I want to just want to mention some people. Um, we've got Jordan Benedum. Uh, dude, he's always leaving huge amounts of hearts. Is that is that at is that his? It's at Jordan Benedum. Uh. No, he is uh, at always x twenty two. Okay, and then I got Jeff Rollit uh, at nnn rollit. Guys killing it on Periscope. Travis Newman at Travis J Newman. Um, <clears throat> uh, Sue Nielsen at Sue Nielsen. Dude's killing it on Periscope. I mean, dude, these guys come on and, and guys. I just want to you know, those are just a few. I've got a lot of people who are just killing it with uh with the support on periscope i mean like i mentioned we've got to the top 40 in the world now um and people understand that our mission with the mfco project i think some people aren't um grasping And, and you know guys our reason for doing this is because the way people have been raised for the last 25 years is quite honestly from my point of view total bullshit okay they come out with this Everybody wins. Everybody gets a trophy. Life is going to be perfect, and then you get to be like 25 years old, and you're like, "Where's my millions of dollars? And why aren't I famous? And why am I not successful?" That's because the people who raised you fucking lied to you, okay? Right. And, the, and the politically correct um, society that we live in painted this perfect picture that isn't the truth. So our mission here is, and why it's called the MFCEO Project is because this is a fucking project for us. This isn't something mm-hmm. we get paid for. This is something we do because we want to change the world. And we want to make an impact on a billion lives. Okay, mm-hmm. That's our goal. Our goal is to impact positively a billion lives. So when these people come on Periscope and they push and push and push and click the hearts and, and, and so leave reviews on our on our podcast and all that, you guys are a part of us fixing an issue with our society. That's Absolutely. our goal. And And guys, you guys who are hardcore supporting us and, and pushing us forward – Thank you so much, because it's something that needs to be done. I don't see very many other people really doing this, um, and and it needs to be done. That's the bottom line.
1: Absolutely.
0: We just really appreciate the support. Can I I give a couple
1: shout-outs? Yeah, yeah. So, a guy, I don't even know how to say this, but a guy at – Liosco83 underscore train to live just said just something really nice about us and, and how much it meant to, that we we built him up and yeah. encouraged him every day. There's an at Johanna. Uh, Johanna, if I'm saying that right, it could be just Johanna, but it's at J O H A N N A Cabral. She said some really nice things. And then I got a kick out of this yesterday. And of course, Ben is up to all hours of the night, but uh, I couldn't sleep last night. I was up till, I was up at like three o'clock in the morning and I noticed that somebody, Literally within, well, and actually, I was up before that, but somebody literally like five minutes after we the podcast dropped because it drops at midnight. Yeah, I think like five minutes after somebody posted a pair of clapping hands, and that was uh, that was at Margarita Fit 11.
0: Yeah, I recognize her, she's always on, yeah, and I was
1: like, oh my gosh, I even uh, uh, messaged her, I said, boy, are you up early. Either either that or out should, late. Yeah. So but you know, we have tremendous fans who are incredibly supportive and I don't know, you call them fans, followers, listeners. I don't know. No, I No, we're whatever, part of a movement. Yeah, we're, we're we yeah, are. We are, yeah. You guys part are part of see, a movement.
0: We might be sitting here talking about these things, but you guys are supporting it, spreading it, telling your friends, sharing it, giving hearts, leaving reviews, and that's what propels this message. Yeah. So and that's the point that I want to say is just thank you so much for Absolutely. making that happen because we can sit here and talk about this stuff all day long. But if nobody listens or nobody reviews or nobody supports, it doesn't fucking matter. Absolutely. So you guys are lifeblood of what we do. Absolutely. Right. And I just, uh, you know, and
1: that's we, not a tangent. We uh, no. we definitely don't consider that getting off topic because that's no. very, very,
0: very important to what we do here. Yeah, I mean, so. it, it's humbling for sure, man. It's exciting too because I feel like we're making a difference. You know. Like now, when I say we, I don't mean like we in this room. I mean everybody listening. Yeah. Like we're making a fucking shift. Mm-hmm. You know, I see people every day on social media getting more and more and more tired of the politically correct, ridiculous shit that everybody mm-hmm. argues about. You know, we're not we're not letting the media turn against each other and get us on different sides of irrelevant shit anymore. Right. And I think society's changing. I feel like we're right. turning. We're sick. We're all sick of it, right? You know, so it's fun to be a part of that. Yeah, you know what I
1: absolutely love about our our sort of our listener base too. At least this is the case with me, and I'm pretty sure it's the case with you guys too. I have I have people that follow me, and their their handle is like at Jesus Loves You 2312, and then another one will be like at Squat to Dominate 26. You know, and it's just a very wide variety of That's people. That's because we're all tired tired awesome. Of it. You yeah. know the
0: stuff we're talking about like this meeting shit that we're talking about right yeah. here. Um, all of us have sat through that stuff. All of us know what it's like to have somebody make a comment a- 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 at us, towards us that discourages us or makes us upset like we talked about on the intro. Mm-hmm. All of us know what it's like to have to build a culture if you run a business, how hard that is. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows what it's like to deal with someone who's offended by every little fucking thing and be like, dude, what the fuck is your problem? You know what I mean? We're all tired of that shit, and that's the point, right? We all stand for the same things. We all are pushing forward together. And it's exciting because I can see it making an impact. It's really, really cool to be a part of. So thank you guys um, so much for everything that you do. Um, but to bring it back on track um, and get back to the topic, you know, guys, there's a fine line. This will be point number three of, of, of the meeting thing, okay? There's a fine line between a good, healthy discussion of a business or a problem in a meeting and just a group gossip, clusterfuck deal, okay? I'd be very careful before you open up a meeting and letting every single person have their two cents, okay? It's not its not a group discussion. It's not, um, you know, we're not here to, like, gossip or talk about the game last night. Come in, have people pay attention, make your points, ask if they have any questions, move on, all right? There's mm-hmm. got to be some control there. And I see a lot of people just throw meetings and, and they want to make sure everybody has their whole two cents and this and that, and then you end up, what you end up with is something that never was intended to happen. You never end up with something that provides a result. You end up with this off-topic discussion about how the water cooler should be filled every three days instead of every two days. Mm-hmm. Shit that's irrelevant, okay? Um, it's not that you don't value employees' opinion, because that's important, but but the reality is, is that the 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 problems are better shared through an email or a quick uh, impromptu meeting or some other form or way than they are addressing it with the whole group. Because if somebody has an idea, it's important that you listen to that idea because you don't want to devalue or demotivate that person, even if the idea is fucking terrible. They, most people just want to be heard, okay? Mm-hmm. And those times are very good to educate people. They're very good to bring people on track with what's going on. But that shouldn't be done a meeting time with the whole group, all right? and too far too often i see people trying to address you know and give everybody their their input for and everybody has the floor for 30 minutes and and you got to realize that when you have 12 people that might for 10 of those people that might be the most attention they ever get and boy do they use it
1: that's exactly right you
0: know what i mean yeah so <clears throat> you know we don't have this problem here at our company because like i said we keep it short we 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 get to the point we get some action steps and we move the fuck on but in many companies Getting feedback from people gives them the impression that they're gonna that that you're actually gonna take their advice. And everybody's gonna listen to them, and then they get really upset, okay, when you don't. So like, let's say you give Joe from accounting the floor for 10 minutes, and he get pours his heart out. He goes home. He says, "Baby, it was awesome. I I ran the I ran the meeting today. Everybody listened to what I had to say. Blah blah blah." And then he goes to work the next day, and it's not implemented. And the boss says, "Hey man, you know." I think that's a decent idea, but we used to do it that way before you were here and it didn't work. And this is why it didn't work. Then he goes home that next time. He's like, those motherfuckers made me look stupid because they let me say my idea in front of everybody. And now I'm embarrassed. Mm -hmm. Right. Because that's what it comes down to. They say their idea in front of everybody. You don't implement it. So it's embarrassing. So like, guys, there's a time and a place for everything. And realize that when you think you're doing somebody a favor in a meeting by giving them the floor for 20 minutes and letting them throw their idea out there. How are they going to feel when you don't put it into play? They're going to be embarrassed and they're going to fucking hate you for it. Mm -hmm. All right. So you're doing them a favor by handling those kind of things privately. Um, Bottom line is this. You're the leader. Along with a few trusted advisors, it's up to you guys to make the tough, critical decisions. Okay. You put too much up for discussion and decision making by consensus and you're going to make everybody look stupid and you're going to look stupid. You're going to walk out of there with no clear vision, no action steps, no agenda to approve, and you're going to kill everybody's morale. So it's up to you to come in, run shit, and get out and make shit happen. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? You can't spend time after time after time just letting everybody have the run. Somebody has something that they want to address. They come to your office or they call you on the phone or they meet with you personally and you handle it then.
1: Do you mind if I point a question toward Teresa on that? So I could very much be... Uh, in danger of stereotyping here, but I'm going to ask, you know, women tend to be more relational than men. So, so some of their leadership style is a little different, a little Mm -hmm. bit more all inclusive. Do you, as a woman feel maybe a little bit more of a, of a pressure to, to get everybody's feedback? Or do you feel as if, you know, if you just, you know, set an agenda, you power through it, that you're going to get this sort of bitch label do you feel that or or and do you think that other women it who depends. are entrepreneurs out there feel that or
2: i mean i can tell you who i am is i know my strengths and I know my weaknesses so there are times when i need to be that way and mm-hmm. i'm not so i hire for that <laughs> but i am more of the like take charge come in get you know what i'm saying get to the point and to be honest i'd rather be taken seriously than have people come and be like oh my gosh she's having another meeting so mm-hmm. i just am naturally that way i'm not i don't know if i'm your stereotypical woman though i think i'm mm-hmm. more Inclined to, to manage like a male would. I don't even know if that's true these it's, days. You know, I, I don't think even it's think it's about even, that. Yeah. I,
0: I think it's about this. I don't think it has to do with man or woman. I, I think that you're what you're I think the reason you're asking the question is because, you know, typically women are labeled more emotional and emotional, sensitive exactly. than men. But mm-hmm. I don't even think that's the case because, like, we have more men than women. And I'm going to tell you right now, the women that we have kick fucking ass. They don't yeah. ask any questions. Mm-hmm. They go do shit. And, and dude, the guys I end up having to coddle or fucking they're the guys. You yeah. know what I mean? And, yeah. and dude, it's because, <clears throat> dude, when you, it's hard to say this, so I don't know if it's going to come out right, but when you, like, allow for that emotional aspect, you start asking questions like, are you emotionally okay? Oh, do you feel good? You're going to encourage that from your employees. Mm-hmm. So what you're going to do is is when you try to, like, overly make people comfortable and make sure that their little asses weren't hurt and, you know, let, let sure they be hurt, you're going to, like, you're going to create that mentality because they're going to know that they can like wind their way into your office or into your ear. All right. So it's important that people realize in your company that this is a fucking business. Yes, I care about you, but the way I care about you is this, that we're going to go out. We're going to fucking win. You're going to get paid more than you get paid. Now you're going to have more satisfaction than you have now. And if that means I'm not going to listen to you pout about how you got in a fight with your girlfriend last night, then good, because that is not my role. If you have a problem with that, go to a fucking counselor and talk to them. Because I love my employees. I'll fucking do anything for them. But my responsibility is to make sure this company grows so that they have better fucking lives. So they have more options. So they can give more to charity if they choose. They can drive a better car. They can buy a better house. They can have more fulfillment. Their lives can fucking be better. And that's the responsibility you have. So when you start catering to all these emotional needs and all this stuff and like you got 25 HR people and one for each person and all this bullshit, dude, you are focused on the wrong shit, period. And I know people are going to blast me for that and I don't give a fuck because it's the truth. I'm not here to pamper your ass. I'm here to get you a result in a certain area of your life and that's what we're going to fucking do, bottom line. So if you don't want the emotional you know, bitch, wine, cry fest. Don't fucking entertain it. Yeah, exactly. I don't. I will flat out tell somebody, oh, when I'm fighting with my girlfriend, that's not my fucking responsibility. Your responsibility is to leave that shit at home and come here and fucking perform. Period. And, you know, you'll read all these articles. you read all these articles now that say, yeah, but companies that care about their employees win and companies that provide these services for their employees win. Blah 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 blah, and all this feel good nonsense. That's not reality. That's bullshit. Okay,
1: so one of the things that I just wanted to mention, though, to make a distinction here, is I think that the oversensitivity is is so great that it actually makes it difficult to to really be sensitive to your employees when they when, when they, they really, really need, need it. it. So, yeah. like if they have a death in the
0: family, or yes. if you know their wife and that's, cheats on them, yeah. Or let something. me stop there, okay? Yeah. Because what I just said. There's exceptions to no question. I mean, there's been situations, guys, where in our company, where people have really needed us to step in on their personal lives. And we have. And if you ask any of my employees, you'll know that's the truth. There's been times where times have been tough and we stepped in and helped them there. There's times when our own employees have stepped in and helped them. Dude, let me tell you a cool story. I had an employee one time. And he's no longer with us, but he's still a good guy. And I like him a lot. He moved on with the, he moved on to another company and uh, he's doing he's doing well. He's doing his own thing but he was struggling, okay, he was taking a cab, this guy had a car, he had a uh, an old pickup truck, okay, and he was driving it from about 30 miles from, uh, from where he lived to where he worked, all right. The truck broke down, he didn't tell anybody, and he started taking a cab to work 30 miles each way, okay. Now, this guy was entry level position for us, okay, which is not a lot of money, so he was spending his entire paycheck, entire paycheck, to take this cab to work. Nobody knew. He didn't bitch about it or anything. He showed up at a cab one day. Our employees noticed it, brought it to us, and I said, okay, guys, and we just happened to have a contest going on there where, where all the managers were getting, a, were getting a multi-thousand dollar bonus, okay, um, if we performed, and we were about to hit that, and I said, all right, guys, look, here's the deal. We can do something about this. You, If you guys all want to pitch in, I'll pitch in an equal amount and match it and we'll buy him a car. And dude, all of our guys, this is the kind of culture we have, all of our guys gave up their personal bonuses to buy this guy a car and we matched it. me and Chris matched it. We bought him a, a, a Jeep Cherokee and he, he was but dude, the point of what I'm trying to get at here is that we come through and it's important as you as a leader to recognize when there is a real situation. Because when you start, Vaughn, that's an excellent point. I'm so glad you brought that up because otherwise people are going to be like, God, this guy's a fucking ruthless (laughs) motherfucker. And I am to a point, but I ultimately really care about our employees, and you should too. And that's why you have to keep these bullshit situations out of your ear so that whenever there is a real situation, you know that it's there and you can do something about it because that is your responsibility. I mean, you've got these people's livelihoods in your hand. If you want a culture of people that are going to do anything for you and have your back, you got to have their back too. But you don't do that by making it an emotional fucking kumbaya meeting. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. So that, I mean, that's a great point for sure. I mean, Good. that's what we're getting well, at, I, knew,
1: right? I Yeah, absolutely. And I knew that that's how Thanks you Thanks for felt. saving me because I was about to look like a huge <laughs> asshole. No,
0: no, no, no. I mean, I. but the
1: point, again, just to restate it a different way, is that when everything is a major crisis, it is... It distracts you from when things really are a right, major crisis. Right,
0: it's like the boy who cried and wolf. Yeah, exactly.
1: Know? That's exactly what it is. And I knew that you didn't feel that way about it, so I, I no. want to make sure that we. Yeah, clarified. but that's why we don't allow yeah. the,
0: the everybody hold hands and express their feelings. Shit here, it's right. just not, you know, it's not the place. Right, it's just not. Right. So, um, guys, I'm going to wrap this up because it, 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 we're getting long-winded, and I think we've made our point here. You know, um, you have to be ruthless in cutting down the unnecessary bullshit on what's the agenda in a huge way. Okay. Meetings aren't as much about information as they're about formation. Meetings aren't about covering your to-do lists as much as developing your team. All right. So you have to reinforce your core values. You have to create company culture and you have to inspire action every single time. This is about getting guys off the, off the playing court. All right. You know, we blow the whistle. We have a timeout. Hey guys, come here. We got to do this, 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 go out and do it. Mm -hmm. And that should be it. It should be that quick. And, um, you know, some, some other things that you can do about in, in increasing the effectiveness of your meeting and increasing the power of your meeting. Um, you know, I mean, this is what I like to do. You know, a, a motivational thought or speech of some kind. I'm naturally inclined to do those kind of things. Not everybody is. So if you're not a natural motivator, if you don't have the energy to motivate and you're not that kind of person, you can find other ways to inspire people. Maybe you maybe you read them a story. Maybe you find a news clipping and you tell the story, um, and then relate it to something that's going on. You don't have to be this fiery, crazy, emotional dude to motivate people. There's or you could th- hire Ben. Huh? Yeah, you exactly. Could you could hire Ben to come in and train <laughs> you how to speak. I mean, that's you know, or speak. I mean, the thing is, guys, is that there's there's a lot of things that you can do to help improve the the action that you're that your uh, that your company has. You know, um, maybe you tell them a story that reinforces only one of your core values, and you start the meeting off with that. And then you go into your action points, all right? Mm-hmm. Um, you celebrate and recognize a quick success. You know, somebody who did something that kicks ass, you can say, hey look, this guy did that, good job man, that's the way to do it, and, and dude, that guy walks out of your meeting on cloud nine and your 10 other guys in the meeting walk out and say, man, that was pretty cool, I'm gonna try to do that too. You know, mm-hmm. um, giving them example, uh, giving them a quick tip on something that they can apply today into their jobs, a sales technique, or uh, how to send a certain kind of email, or how to contact a certain kind of person. There's all kinds of things, but at the, bottom, at the end of the day, you have to remember, you have to value their time. You have to provide value, just like we talk in products, just like we talk in service, just like we talk in, in any sort of business, for the time that they spend in the meeting, just because you're writing the paycheck, doesn't mean that your job is just to come in and not pr- create value. If you're not creating value, you're going to water down your customer. You're going to create the woman who says she's dying inside an elevator like we talked about a mm-hmm. minute ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you just don't want to leave these guys bored or mentally exhausted or wishing they were somewhere else. You want to leave them energized. You want to leave them motivated. And, you know, <laughs> we, we told a story last time about our kill, kill, kill chant, and that's, that's how we get our stuff done, you know. We're an unorthodox place to work. There's no question about mm-hmm. it. But we end our meeting with a chant, dude. Everybody puts in their hands and we do a kill, kill,
3: kill, and we get out and fucking dominate. You know, and that's just like if we were on a sports team. I mean, right. it's it's no different. The battle cry that we teach the sports teams, whether it's collegiate champions, high school champions, guys who are you guys are watching on Sundays in the NFL, it's max effort pays off. It's a simple statement. When we say max effort pays off, it focuses you on going to work. Nothing else. Right. Go to work. Right. That's the most important thing. You put your max max effort in. It's going to pay off long-term. Mm-hmm. There's no question. I mean, here, here it is, guys.
0: Quit worrying about the donuts. Quit worrying about what clothes you wear to work. Quit worrying about what fucking orange juice supplier you have. Quit worrying about when the water coolers refill. Quit worrying about your expense reports and the TPS reports. You guys know what the fuck I'm talking about here. <laughs> All right, stop worrying about that shit. Get to the fucking point and bring the fucking fire. That's it. Get people refocused. Get them out the door. And let them go let them go do their jobs you know give them a purpose get them out let's go kill you know that's that's the point all right you cannot let meetings go on and on and on and on and and just kill the inside of your employees it's just terrible 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 for your culture and if you're doing this stop right mm-hmm. now before mm-hmm. you have another meeting listen to this podcast 17 times, 70 times, 700 times until you figure out how to implement the strategy and you will see production increase, you will see enthusiasm increase, you will see motivation increase and you will see your business's bottom line increase. All because you're changing the way you handle yourself in a meeting.
1: So a question I have to ask, though, is that you mentioned about, you know, taking some time, doing some motivational speech or some some motivational thought. And I know you did offer some qualifications there. You said that's what you like to do and that's not for everybody. But, you know, we've all heard the stories of somebody who said, oh, yeah, my boss was trying to be Abraham Lincoln or Winston Churchill the other day, trying to rally the troops. And with some guys who really mean well, it just falls flat. Why doesn't it work for some people?
3: I think you need to check your ego at the door. It's the leader who comes in who tries to tries to, to fake it or to be Abraham Lincoln instead of just saying, you know what, guys? Sometimes I need to go find fire. You know me. I'm not a fiery guy, so here's some fire that I found for you. And I think when a leader can check their ego on places where they're weak and deliver something of value, it makes a big, big difference. Uh,
0: no That's question. Funny. And, and like, you know when I think of when you say that? when you're watching football, okay, and I know you watch football and I know you watch football. I don't know if you watch football. Do you watch it? Occasionally. Do you? With a donut. With a long john? Glazed donuts. So so here's the thing. As much as I
2: eat long johns. Like how annoying
0: (laughs) is it when you have a broadcaster and and they run, you already know what I'm gonna say. He's Ben's shaking his hand. The Brock the running back gets the ball, he runs two yards, he's like, oh he's going all the way every single play. Like he's trying to make the most perfect call Every fucking play of the game. It's the most annoying thing to watch a game when an announcer does that. Do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely, Okay, yes. you recognize it, right? Mm-hmm. You recognize it, right? All right, Well, your employees recognize when you come in and try to do that same shit? Mm-hmm. All right, when you come in and try to make today, the dude, when you bring the fire, it's just natural, man. So you have to be self-aware enough to know, like, hey, that's not my specialty. And if you want to go out and work on it, that doesn't mean you can't get great at it. Mm-hmm. But don't come in every day trying to set records for fucking applause or Autographs or whatever it is you think you're trying to get, come in with the wet, with the message. If you know if you're not feeling that day, don't do it that day. I think that's an important thing when you talk about motivational speaking. I don't jump on Periscope or write something motivational or do motivational shit when I'm not feeling it. I just mm-hmm. don't because you know what I produce junk. Hmm. When I'm feeling like that, like if I come into a meeting and I'm feeling that way, I, I tell a story about someone else or I bring up something someone else did. You know, you don't have to wear. That hat
3: twenty four hours a day. You know what I'm saying? I call it I call it real time fire. For those of you that follow me on Periscope, I'll typically title it real time fire yeah. with a point. And you do the same thing when you're feeling it. You get on Periscope and you share something that's actually real, right. Because that's what people feel,
0: right? And that's why I'm not on at scheduled times. You know, right. I come on when I'm feeling it because I know that's when the good shit comes. And the same thing is with your meeting. You know, if you're a naturally fire intense emotional person like I am, dude, I'm I can come in and and transform myself into that person pretty quick because it's my natural it's my natural inclination to be that way all right if you're not that way that's okay just don't come in and try to be that you're going to embarrass yourself and your employees aren't going to respect you you know what i mean come in and be who you are and, and say like what ben said hey man you guys know it's not my it's not my nature to get all fiery and emotional and crazy but look i thought this was awesome mm-hmm. and tell mm-hmm. the story or show them the story or bring it up you know um, and that's how you can you can get into that aspect. Yeah, you know what I'm saying
1: I absolutely love what you said about that leaders, uh, excuse me, uh, meetings are not as much about information as they are about formation, the development of your of your team, the building of your culture. And I love what Will Compton said, uh, you know, several episodes back, that leadership involves the transfer of passion. I've been reading a lot of books yeah, lately. A it's a great It's a great statement, and I've been reading a lot of books lately about how uh, human beings are connected, and there's a, there's a great book uh, by David Brooks, New York Times bestselling author who wrote a book called The Social Animal. There's a couple other books, and they all say the same thing. They say, everything about us is contagious. We are wired to communicate who we are to somebody else. So these meetings that you're you're talking about having, it, it's not just about, oh, guys, we're going to cover agenda point A, B, C. It's this is who I am. This is my vision. This is my enthusiasm. This is my passion for this company and the culture that I want to create. And now through this meeting, I'm transferring it to you.
0: And the funny thing is, sorry, I was taking a drink of water. The funny thing is about that is that <clears throat> when you do that in an authentic fashion, it you don't have to be emotional and fiery to inspire people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? People will respect you. And and that gets people. They say, man, this dude really cares about what we got going on. Let's get out and do this shit. You know what I mean? They don't. It doesn't have to be. Because a lot of people. Man, a lot of people. I get asked this a lot of, as well. Like, How do you get your mentality right? Or how do you get your energy? Or how do you get. Man, I can't answer that. Because that's my natural inclination is to be that way. Like I'm high strung. I'm intense. I go fucking Crazy. And sometimes that's not a good thing. You know, it's taken me a long time to harness that in. But if that's not you, that's okay because most leaders aren't that way. Most leaders just understand how to utilize their skills that they have. You know, and that's the bottom line, guys. But if you implement this strategy, whether you're, you know, what we've talked about in this podcast, whether you're, you know, Tony Robbins or whether you're the dude from office space asking for his TPS reports. You know what I mean? The point is, is that you could get shit done by doing this. And that's, that's what we want to get across to you guys. How to create a productive environment that, you, that actually fires up your team because the process is done the right way. Can mm-hmm. I capture an action step? Absolutely.
3: So, you know, I, I think what Andy's really getting at is the fact that, you know, it's challenging to change sometimes, but why wouldn't you try it? Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you feel like people have those emoji faces and you're looking out, why wouldn't you try, try a 10-minute meeting? Try a 10-minute meeting and see what happens. The efficiency will change. People's energy will change. And I have seen this work with so many different companies.
0: I agree 1,000%. Vaughn, we're going to wrap it up. So I'm just going to take yeah. that as your final thought. Final thought.
1: Yeah, just the final thought is that it's always better to leave people wanting more than to overdo it. So, so cover what little you need to cover. Get people fired up. And just trust that your guys know what to do and that they can cover other, other things through email and through you know,
0: one-on-one meetings. Final thought, Teresa.
2: Um, I think the takeaway from this is really, like you said, just valuing people's time, and you're going to see the, the respect that they have for you increase just exponentially just from that one little act.
0: Right. You, you, you. All those things are good points. You know, um, guys. Look, we're trying to show you how to be more productive and to get more out of your time, and also be more effective. Okay. Being busy at work does not mean you're working. Pretending to work. Is not being working. You know, people say, "Oh, I worked seven, 72 hours in twenty-four hour period." No, if you did that, you're either dumb or you don't know what the fuck you're doing. All right, so get your, get out of your mind. Quit worrying about the donuts. Quit worrying about the orange juice. You know, we talk. Quit worrying about shit that doesn't matter. Focus on the shit that matters and execute. And that's how you're going to move forward. And that's the point. And you and if you have people that you have to talked to for an hour to get them to go out and execute, you've instilled the wrong culture or you have the wrong people. Keep it short, keep it simple, bring the fucking fire and get them out of the door so we can kick ass. That's the point, all right? And this is the motherfucking CEO. All I do is work, work, work,
3: never run